The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Elder John Morgan Owens recently preached a wonderful message entitled, Our Ebenezer Stones. You may recall the account in 1 Samuel 7, where Samuel took a stone and set it up and called it Ebenezer to memorialize a great victory that the Israelites had had over the Philistines. The word Ebenezer literally means a stone of help, and it was a memorial to remind the children of Israel what God had done for them in the past. There are many such Ebenezer stones in our lives. Brother John Morgan talks about several from the scriptures and also some from his own experience in life and reminds us that we ought to keep these memorials fresh in our memory when we face new trials. Because you see, if God has helped us in the past, it's certain that he'll help us in the future. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Yeah. 
Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7, I want to talk to you about uh, a topic that I think we'll be able to see the topic pretty quickly once we get into the reading here. It's one that's been on my mind, uh, especially as we approach uh, Thursday for us, which is uh, the due date. And of course, you know our, our circumstances, uh, difficulties in getting pregnant, things like that. I'm not up here to preach our experience, but I think it is uh, something that glorifies the Lord, obviously. All right, 1 Samuel 7 and verse 3. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange God of Ashtoreth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtoreth and serve the Lord only. This is one of the, the beautiful few moments in Scripture where Israel did what they were supposed to do. Right? Samuel preaches to them for them to repent, to turn back to God, and they did it. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, uh, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel and Mizpah. So they have this great moment of revival before God there in Mizpah. And just like our experiences in life, what happens when things start going right, then, then the enemy shows up again, right? And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel, and when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So here they are, worshiping God. They're right there where they're supposed to be. And then the enemy comes up, the Philistines come up. We don't have an idea about how many what number of Philistines we're talking about, but we know this, that the children of Israel, that the children of God were scared when they heard that the Philistines were coming to get them. Now, it's hard for us to imagine we live in such a world of, of security and safety because of our military and things like that, but just imagine that we're, that we're just out somewhere, out in the wilderness, and then this enemy army that is very strong, very powerful, they've got a good reputation of being very powerful, these Philistines. And we see them across the way, and we know that they want our blood. Now, that'd be terrifying. I mean, that's, that's some scary stuff. I remember I was little, probably shouldn't have watched it so early, but I, I watched Lord of the Rings when I was really little, and I went into that movie theater with my brothers, I was just a, I was just a little kid. I didn't even know what it was about, you know? And then, and then right, those of you who've seen it, in the first few seconds of that movie, you've got these scary-looking orcs barking in, in, the, you know, in the camera, and it's scary. And it's this gigantic army. And, I, I mean, I was terrified. I spent the whole movie facing away from the, from the theater screen, curled up into uh, my chair there. But I can't, I can't even really imagine what it would be like 
to, to really be there and to see an army across the way that wants to kill you. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. So what do they do? They're, they're afraid, and for once, <laughs> they turn to the right answer, right? They turn to God to solve this problem. They need, uh, they're afraid. What do you do when you're afraid? Do you, do you run off? You know, God compares us to sheep. Any of you ever watched? I know it's amazing. This Planet Earth documentary, they've got these like drones or helicopters or whatever. They're following these, these sheep or something, and these wolves are like following them. And all those wolves are trying to do is they're just trying to kind of harass the sheep until they can get one broken off from the, from the flock because they're not going to jump in there and take on a whole flock. They're going to take on one little lamb that got separated from its mom, right? right? Yes. And so what do you do when you're scared? Do you just panic and just run everywhere? Now, that's, that's how you get hurt, okay? Right. What do you do when you're scared? You go to your shepherd. Amen. He's going to protect you. Right. And so that's what they did. Praise the Lord. They said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. Amen. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Here it is. They're, they're marching closer, even as Samuel is making this offering. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Look at that. This great force that is marching against them, and, and the Israelites are terrified, and then they cry out to God, and then thunder. <laughs> Your God answers with power and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came unto Bethkar. God wins the victory here, right? I mean, they were, they were shaking in their boots until God thundered and made the Philistines shake in their boots. And then what did they do? This is what I want us to talk about this morning. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. What he did was he, in, in memoriam, <laughs> to honor God's victory and for them to remember this, he grabbed a stone, he, he got up a stone, and he placed it there in that place. And he said, the name of this stone is Ebenezer, which is the stone of help. That God came in and helped them. Now the idea would be that any time they would see that stone, they would remember that God helped them that day. Now why is that such, a, why is that such an important thing? You know, why couldn't they just 
not have a stone and just remember it. Well, if your memory is like mine, I, I fail. <laughs> I forget God has delivered me so many times, but yet the next time that I come up on an obstacle, I sit there and I wonder, can God deliver me this time? But you know what's the benefit of having an Ebenezer, a stone sitting there that you can go back and look at, is that it reminds you that when you face another obstacle again, you say, well, I see that stone over there. He delivered us last time. He can deliver me again, right? Let's go to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. There's another, uh, another instance here where there is a memorial, a, a, a monument to, to remember placed. And Joshua 4, and in verse 1, it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, and the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. So what they're doing, this is, this is a, a, a climactic moment where they are finally crossing over that river. That river was a boundary between the wilderness that they had been in and the land that God had promised to them. It was the last boundary that they had. And just like in the Red Sea, when God miraculously divided it, He also miraculously divided the Jordan River. And so He said, what I want you to do is I want you to get one man per each tribe and I want you to grab a stone from down there in the river, what used to be the river, but it's now dry for a moment. I want you to grab it. I want you to take it all the way to the other side and I want you to stack up a monument there. And then Joshua did that. He picked out the men. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. So these are, these are not just rocks. These are big stones. According unto the number of the tribes of children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time, uh, uh, in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Amen. So they're, they're setting up this monument, sort of like that Ebenezer stone, to represent God's deliverance. It's not to represent something that they've done. I want you to remember this. As we're going through these, we're going to see a few more images here. Remember that image of the Ebenezer stone. That was a victory that God wrought in His own hand. That they had these Philistines coming up against them. And what happened? God turned the tide just like that. And he won the victory. That's why that stone was there. 
It wasn't, it wasn't a monument to Israel's military. It was a monument to the Lord's help. The same way here. They come up on the Jordan River. And what happened? Just to put his stamp on it, that this was God's work. They didn't craft a bridge. They didn't make a raft. God just divided the water and they walked through on dry ground. Now that is God's help. That's God's deliverance. I hope that we will come back to that image uh, in just a minute of crossing that Jordan River. Just something just occurred to me. Um, hopefully, I'll remember it. But what they did was they took those stones and they stacked it up. And the idea was that even in future generations, that they might be able to remember God's deliverance. So when times got tough, when, when uh, the crops weren't growing like they hoped it would, they could look over there next to the Jordan River where they came from and they could look at that stack of stones there and say, you remember when God got us here? You remember when God divided that river so that we could cross over? And they would say, if God delivered us then, He can deliver us now. Would to God that we might remember that when we're going through tough times, we all have Ebenezer stones. We all have these monuments of God's grace, of God's deliverance. Uh, you know, <laughs> I went on a, a camping trip with my brothers and their sons. It was just a bunch of Owens men, okay? And it was, it was great. Uh, you know, we, we went out. We uh, didn't have electricity. We just had our cars uh, had to, you know, sleep in the, in the back of the truck. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> but it, it was a fun time with them. One thing that we did uh, after, after our, our first night's stay at our little campsite, we had a, there was a little river coming through, and we, you know, it was deep enough where we could jump in and swim, and it was all great. Well, last thing we did before we left you know, it's, it's tough when you go on a, on a vacation and you've got, a, you got two preachers and a deacon are, are, are with you, right? So my brother's a deacon, other brother's a preacher, and then I'm a preacher. And so we had a, we had a little Bible study there before we left, and, and all, of the, all of the Owens men had to go grab and pick out their own stone, and then we stacked up a little pile of rocks over there just as a little thing for us to say, you know, we've been here, but also just kind of as a way for us to represent that, that God has delivered us. That's what they were doing here. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 19 and verse 14. We get this. It's sort of an interesting statement. Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land of the Lord thy God, uh, that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. You know, you, this is, this is a, a statement that occurs multiple times in Scripture where God says, remove not the ancient landmark. Don't remove it. What is that landmark? Okay, it, is, it would probably have been something permanent like a stone that would have been placed at the border of property lines. So, so that, you know, they didn't have fencing like we have fencing now. They certainly didn't have GPS like we do now. They just said, 
we're going to place this stone here, neighbor, <laughs> and this is going to be the boundary line between uh, your land and my land. And it would have been placed there. You see, it says, of old time. These were, these were boundary lines that had been respected for generations. And so that, that uh, stone there would have been a very significant thing. Now, you know, y'all know I practice law. We, I've, I've written, the, you know, uh, deeds and all kind of stuff. You see all kind of interesting call-outs to uh, landmarks. You know, you see old trees. You know, well, what happens when the tree goes down, right? I guess they place a rod. Now, uh, down at Pleasant Ridge where my family's from, there's a buggy axle. There's an old buggy axle in the woods, and that happens to be a section corner. And that's just interesting. Why, why do we come up with this? Well, at this time, they would just take a rock. Maybe they would paint it a certain color. They would just put a rock down. And so what the Lord is telling you not to do is not to go and take that stone and move it. You know, you could say, well, and this, this system of, of boundary lines, it would be really easy to expand your property, wouldn't it? You just take that stone and you, and you just move it a little bit, right? You, you, you know, you can move it an inch a month and they, they would never know. Well, believe it or not, that sort of stuff happens all the time, y'all. <laughs> you know, today, I, I have all kind of, you wouldn't believe uh, the number of people who would take up flags of surveyors uh, and, and just disregard them, just pull them up. You know, I've, I've got, I've represented clients that have game cameras where they see their neighbor pulling up stakes, you know, putting them under their arm. So, oh, that's not the boundary line, you know. That's not how we're supposed to be, right? We're supposed to respect our neighbors. But the point that, that we're trying to get here is that there are things in, in our lives that, are, that represent things to us. That, that landmark would be a representation of something. That, that Ebenezer stone wasn't what delivered them. It was a representation of God's deliverance in their life. That, those rocks that, that, that the tribes of Israel stacked up there on that side of Jordan, it was not saying oh, we delivered ourselves, or this, this pile of rocks, let's worship this pile of rocks. No, it was a symbol of God's deliverance. There's a few other, in, in few other instances like this in Scripture where you've got places or things that take on an added value because they mean something. I think about, I think about Bethel. The site of Bethel. This was where Jacob was fleeing away and he had to sleep on the stones. Uh, stones as a pillow. <laughs> he wakes up to this great vision that God gives him. And he, and he says, the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And he called the place Bethel. And you know, later in his life, he would come back and he revisited Bethel. You know, it, it is significant that we have places or things that we identify with past memories. I cannot help but pass this church, okay? 
I cannot help but pass this church and, and remember God's deliverances on us. That is an Ebenezer stone for me. This, this place. Now, you know, if this, if this building, this building certainly is a beautiful reminder of God's deliverance. This, this building right here. We can look over that other building at, at, the, at remembrances of things like that. But I look at this as a, as a token of God's deliverance. But even if this, if this place were blown away in a storm or something, this geographical area would still be significant to me. Now, there's nothing spiritual about that. It just, we attach significance in our memories to places and to things. Jacob did that with Bethel. There were, there were wells that they had dug, that their family, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had dug, and they, w- they would go back to the place where their father had dug a well, and maybe they would redig it out. It was a place of significance that God delivered my family and provided for our family here. And when times get tough, what do you do? You go back to the place that you know God is going to provide for you again. Amen. Just like those sheep that I was telling you that the wolves are, are chasing, what do you do when things get tough for you? Maybe spiritually, maybe emotionally, maybe you're dealing with uh, depression, maybe there's hard times in your family. What are you going to do? Are you going to... Are you going to separate yourself from the flock and go out and try to find some new thing to satisfy you? Are you going to go back to the place that you know God has provided for you in the past? I want to go back. I want to go back to that Ebenezer stone where God delivered me in the past and I want to be there. I want to stay there. You know, we... None of us are, are immune to problems. Okay, we all have problems that we face. When, when I begin to drift away from God because I'm so focused on my problems, you, you want to know what the answer always is? It's to come back here. Amen. It's to come back here and to listen to the promises, the sweet promises of God. Man, you have no idea. I want to tell you this, church. You have no idea what you mean to me. That so many times, God has saved me from whatever whatever trial that I'm facing in my mind by hearing your voices singing praise to Him. So it's not just this place as an Ebenezer for me. You, each one of you, or an Ebenezer to me. And we can be that for each other. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer.
We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.